Well, it's a blessing to come together and study the Word of God. And certainly on Easter, our theme has to be the resurrection. When we come to Philippians chapter 3, verses 4 through 11, the Apostle Paul, who wrote most of the New Testament, used to be Saul, a man who vehemently opposed the things of God. But according to the book of Acts, he met Jesus, the risen Christ, on the road to Damascus, planning to go and persecute followers of Jesus. A huge transformation took place on that road. The resurrection changed the heart and the life of Saul, who later became Paul and shared so much of the truths of who Jesus is and how we have a relationship with Him. So as we look into this text here in Philippians chapter 3, we find Paul's story. He's sharing with us what his life was like before he came to Jesus, before he had that Damascus Road experience. He shares with us his values the things that he thought would bring him into right relationship with God. And then he shares the change that took place when the resurrection power of Jesus Christ took hold of his life. And you know, as I read this text, I can see a lot of parallels between where Paul is or was and where many people are in their quest to be right with God. So I thought today we could talk about how do you discover and experience the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. And we're going to talk about the wrong path, and then we're going to talk about the right path. So let's talk about the wrong path first. Here in this text, the Apostle Paul talks about banking on good works. And When you bank on good works, that is, your own personal performance, your own good deeds, you're going to fall short of experiencing the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. And Paul begins to share some of the qualifications that he had as far as his own merit, his own works, his own good deeds. He shares this in the fifth verse, that he was circumcised on the eighth day, of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin. When Paul looked at his life, what he was counting on was this. I'm born into a very religious family. And because I'm born into this religious family, I have a connection with God. You see, what we discover when we really read the Word of God is this. It's not your family connection. It's not your genetics It's not who adopted you and raised you that makes you in relationship with God and right with Him. That's something that has to come personally and individually from us. But there was confusion with the Apostle Paul because he had always heard that he was one of the people of God and because he was born and circumcised and from a particular tribe that was of great importance within Israel, he had a connection with God. You know, I think there are many people today who think, hey, I was born in a religious family. I was baptized. I was confirmed. 
I attended church. I've gotten away from it some now, but that's my history. That's my foundation. So because of those things, I'm, I'm right with God. That doesn't get you in right relationship with God. Just being a part of something else. There has to be that individual understanding and faith in who Jesus is. Something else Paul shares with us in this text. Not only was he born into a religious family, but man, he did religious things. Look at what he goes on to say at the end of that fifth verse. As to the law, a Pharisee. Now, in our culture... When we hear the word Pharisee, many of us go to this place to where we say, oh, those are the bad guys. Those are the religious hypocrites. Understand, in Paul's day, the Pharisees were the good guys. They were the ones who had their spiritual act together. They were the ones who did all the right things. So when Paul says, as to the law of Pharisee, what he's saying is, look, I strictly observed the Ten Commandments. I did them all. You could check every box. And I was okay. There are many people who think that by doing good things that they can have a relationship with God. They picture a pan scale, right? And if the good things I do sort of outweigh the bad things, then I'm okay with God. You see, here's the problem. This pan scale doesn't become off balance by doing more good things than bad. You do one bad thing, and boom, it, it changes. It's skewed. You do not have a right relationship with God. Those religious things that you do, those good things that you do, can't bring you into right relationship with God. So, wait a minute. I'm not born into a relationship with God. I can't be good enough to earn a relationship with God. But you know, I have faith. I, I, I believe in something. And as long as you have a sincere faith, then you're right with God, right? Uh-uh. Look at what else Paul says. As we come to the sixth verse of this passage... He says, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church. Now, what we find in this text is Paul talking about his past life and the sincerity that he had in believing the things that he believed. See, here's the important thing we need to understand about sincerity. You can be sincere, but sincerely wrong. Faith isn't valued by the degree or the amount of faith that you have. Faith is valued by the object of your faith. If you believe the wrong things, then it doesn't matter how hard you believe. That doesn't accomplish anything. You have to believe the truth in order to have faith that really matters. That really accomplishes something. So, believing sincerely, if that's your approach to come into a relationship with God, with Paul, you're going to discover 
that sincerity of faith isn't enough. How serious was Paul about his faith? He believed that Jesus was not the Messiah wholeheartedly. He believed so hard that he decided that he would pursue and that he would try to stop the growth of all of those who were followers of Jesus. In the book of Acts, it says this, Saul, now we know, of course, this is Paul, Saul began to destroy the church. Going from house to house, he dragged off men and women and put them in prison. Why? Because they were followers of Jesus. Was he sincere? You better believe he was sincere. But he believed in the wrong thing. In 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 13, this is Paul's testimony, and he says this, Even though I was once a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent man, I was shown mercy because I acted in ignorance and unbelief. The grace of our Lord was poured out on me abundantly, along with faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. So, was Paul sincere about what he was doing? Yes, but by his own admission, misguided. Don't believe what society tells you today. Just believe in something and you'll be right with God. Not true. You are believing in the wrong thing if you subscribe to that thought process. Truth is exclusive. Truth requires that we believe that which conforms to what is. Paul believed in something with utmost sincerity and did not have a relationship with God. You can behave as a moral person. Maybe that will bring you into right relationship with God. Look at the last part of the sixth verse. After he talks about his zeal, he says, as to righteousness under the law, blameless. You know what Paul was saying? Look at my life, and you cannot identify an area of my life where you would say he is a sinner in that area. Now, that doesn't mean that he was sinless. What it means is that was the perception others had, and that was the perception he had of himself. But here's the truth about our sin. We can have an outward appearance of good things and still be wrong on the inside. Jesus said this, Woe to you, teachers of the law, Pharisees, you hypocrites! You are like whitewashed tombs which look beautiful on the outside, but on the inside are full of dead men's bones and everything unclean. In the same way, on the outside, you appear to be people, to, to people as righteous, but on the inside, you are full of hypocrisy and wickedness. You know, when Saul looked at his life, he could see that that was true about him. When he would stop all of the justification, all of the statements that I'm good, I'm sincere, I'm doing the right things, I'm going to be okay with God, when he finally stopped that, he recognized himself in Jesus' description. That inside there was hypocrisy and wickedness. You see, when we try to approach God in a way that isn't from God, we fall short. 
we recognize that we cannot keep the standard that God has with perfection. James even says this, whoever keeps the whole law and yet stumbles at just one point is guilty of breaking all of it. That is a heavy burden to carry. What is God's standard? Perfection. Anything short of perfection, and we are not right with God, if we approach God in a way that we earn right relationship with Him. But God has made another way. In Philippians chapter 3, verse 7, there's an important contrast. And that contrast is found right at the beginning of that sentence in the seventh verse. But whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Do you know what Paul is saying here? You can be right with God, but it comes only through the living, resurrected Lord Jesus Christ. And the first thing that we need to understand is this. I can't be dependent on myself. I have to be dependent on what Christ provided when He died on the cross for my sin. Good Friday is necessary. The cross where Jesus bled and died for our sin as a payment for sin to a holy God. Where we could not achieve our own righteousness, Jesus did. And so what Paul is saying in this text is this, look, all of that stuff that I depended on, that I used to consider gain, now that I have met Jesus and have a relationship with Him, that's no longer gain, that is loss. I was spinning my wheels when I was in that. I was stuck in a muddy rut that I couldn't get out of. Only Jesus can deliver me from that. So I will no longer consider this to be gain. It's loss. I need to be dependent on Jesus to save me from my sin. He goes on in the 8th verse. And he talks about being in awe of the greatness of who Christ is and knowing Him. Look at this eighth verse. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Jesus my Lord. Do you catch that? All of these things that I did religiously to be right with God, they were getting me off track. They were causing me to miss out on experiencing a wonderful relationship with God the Father through Jesus Christ. But now that I have met Jesus and placed my faith in Him, that's no longer the case. I can depend on Him. Jesus came to give us a life that is abundant and full. But He also came to be our Savior. That is the key to experiencing that. When you try to pour yourself into the human effort that many think will bring you into right relationship with God, what Jesus is saying is you will fall short. 
The fullness of having right relationship with God comes only through Jesus. That was his purpose in coming. He said, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. You cannot earn life apart from Jesus. Only in him, only through him, can you find it. And when we come to understand that, all of the trappings, all of the things that used to take us and hold us and say these are the important things about being right with God, you discover they're really nothing. In fact, Paul uses very strong language. He says in the eighth verse, For his sake I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ. A word that our English Bibles translates rubbish is even stronger in the original language. It's dung. He's saying all of my efforts to try and be right with God amounted to a big pile of dung. Nothing. Filthy. In no way making me right with God the Father. But thankfully, God provides a way. We need to humble ourselves and be humble enough to rely on Christ's power to transform us. Look at these closing verses. As we come to verse 9, Paul's desire, rather than saying, look what I did, I'm good enough for God to receive me, He says this, his desire is to be found in him, referring to Christ, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith. How do we get right with God? And that's all that word righteousness means. How am I right with God? By faith. By simply taking God at His word that when Jesus Christ died on the cross for my sin and rose again victorious over that sin, then I have forgiveness and a right relationship with Him when I believe that. When I recognize that I am a sinner who cannot in any way earn or gain a relationship with God, that I need Jesus And God forgives me and opens the way for a relationship with Him. That was Paul's desire. To be found in that relationship based on faith. And look at what it produces, verse 10. That I may know Him and the power of His resurrection and may share in His sufferings becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. You want to know the resurrection power of Jesus Christ? You enter into a right relationship with God through faith, but that's not where it ends. Forgiveness and I'm still me. God transforms us. When Paul says, I want to attain from the, to the resurrection from among the dead, what he's talking about, I believe, 
is that transformation where he becomes less like those who are spiritually dead, not having a relationship with God and spiritual life in them that's given by the gospel. And he begins to experience the resurrection power of God in his life in such a way that he is transformed. You see, the beauty of being right with God is not that I try real hard and reform myself, but that God changes me from within and transforms me by the power that it took to raise Christ from the dead, we can experience that transforming power in our lives. This morning, we've seen various approaches to being right with God. We've seen that we can have the approach of doing religious things, checking the right religious box that some people tell us is the right way to know God, we will fall short. We cannot have that right relationship with God in that way. We want to be like what Paul describes in Titus where it says this, but when the kindness and the love of God our Savior appeared, He saved us not because of righteous things we had done, but because of His mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom He poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ, our Savior, so that having been justified by His grace, we might become heirs, having the hope of eternal life. Want to be right with God? Come to God through His provision his plan through Jesus. Quit trying to earn God's favor. Humble yourself. Admit that you're a sinner, that you are helpless and hopeless apart from God saving you. And turning from your sin to Him, receive what He freely gives, forgiveness and a new life in the risen Christ. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this text. Thank you for the reminder that it is to all of us that you have made a way for us to experience forgiveness and right relationship with you. God, thank you for the risen Lord. Thank you for the transformation that he brings to us. And Father, may each person here this morning understand plainly and clearly how they can be right with you. My prayer is, Lord, if there is one who has a question about where they stand, that they, even today, will become right with you. By faith, Lord, may they express their trust in the one that you provided to bring forgiveness and right relationship with you, the Lord Jesus Christ risen, victorious over death. And we thank you for this and praise you for it in his holy name. Amen.